Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, hello. What a day to be back here on the show. I mean, ever, I feel like because we've been doing this for so long, we've we've only experienced like a couple of like breaking news, like world changing moments where we like had to drop everything we were doing and focus on this. But never would I have ever imagined we would be living through a global pandemic and a possible war. Yeah. That's like actually going on. Right. Living through history <laughs> like, and reporting about it. It's weird. Which is weird. It, there's a responsibility to it. You know, a lot of people, uh, news reporters, it's in a strange way. It's like, this is why you're in the industry, but it could also be very taxing. It's emotional. I didn't sign up for this. Right? I did not sign up for this. <laughs> I really did not. When you asked me to come on this show, I did not sorry. prepare to talk I'm about sorry. Putin's ass doing God knows oh. what at this point. Did you know, not sign up for this. Yeah, we were... Um, so let's just blame Shira for yeah, all, everything. Of hey, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm used to it. Uh, so it was interesting. Yeah, I was at a, a film festival in Santa Barbara last night. I had taken two days off, a little delayed, uh, belated Valentine's Day. And of course, the texts come in, the tweets come in. I'm going to get a drink. And I see the breaking news, Putin strikes. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, give me a whiskey Coke now. Double shot please. We're like, you know, producing the show for today and everything. But these are weird times. Yeah, it's just one of those things where you, um, I, I mean, I was watching it when the moment happened. I was watching the news all last night, if I'm being quite honest, and I was glued to my television watching the journalists, the broadcasters who are in the Ukraine. Oh, I mean, those are actual heroes in the sense of they are hearing sirens. They are hearing the these rockets, these missiles, these bombs just drop, and they are keeping their full composure. And I mm-hmm. could not stop thinking about... Well, how does that even happen? How can you, how do you not, and like some some of them, you would, I mean, on MSNBC, you would see them like when they would hear um, another missile, you would see them kind of look in a, a moment of, in their face where they're like, oh my God, I'm in this. Yeah. And then they would go right back to it reporting like what's going on because that is like their focus. Um, and it's just, it's it's incredible to watch that type of courage and bravery. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's also just, I mean, it's it, it's painful to know the, the people of you Ukraine and even the people of Russia who are dragged into this. Oh, totally. Their leader is deciding to just cause havoc, and now they're going to be experiencing the repercussions and the consequences of this. Oh, it's right? Horrible. Um, and so it's it's just a really really wild time of living through history when I didn't ask to. 
<laughs> we didn't ask to be here right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's strange. We're going to be talking, of course, about this you know, throughout the show. We have Politico joining us. We actually even have uh, Dr. Alfie, who is a psychologist, to talk about trauma, like how to deal with this trauma that we're all experiencing living through this. That's also later this show. So hang out with us. We're here to inform you, entertain you as always, but then also... You know, I would say make you feel like it's going to be okay, but I'm not sure it's going to be okay. Not, no, I don't think we're in the. I don't think we are in the 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 game to 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 make people feel okay. I think we're here to give people um, a little bit of humor, a mm-hmm. little bit of news, and a little bit of a party. And we're going to do it in our way that we know how to do it here on Let's Go There, and that's all we promise. There you go. Don't don't promise too much, and don't promise too less. <laughs> Keep the bar a bit low, Please. right? All right. Just like the rest of the world, <laughs> keep it low. <laughs> Let's get into some what's trending this hour. As mentioned, uh, you know, as Russia moves forward attacking Ukraine, President Biden revealed new sanctions on Russia as a so-called punishment, calling out Russian President Vladimir Putin for his behavior. In today's actions, we've now sanctioned Russian banks that together hold around $1 trillion in assets. We've cut off Russia's largest bank, a bank that holds more than one-third of Russia's banking assets by itself, cut it off from the U.S. financial system. And today, we're also blocking four more major banks. That means every asset they have in America will be frozen. I feel like Putin, the way he is, he would have seen this coming, right? And prepared. He, like, knew. He is he is a, a, a unfortunate genius evil person. I feel like genius should not be given to I, him. I know. That word is very questionable the way I said it, but, like, Obviously, he knows what he's doing. That have, I mean, from Trump and other Republicans who we will be talking about a little bit later, have all kind of praised him. Ugh, gross. And so it's it just is a little weird um, that that is uh, a word that we can even connect to him. Well, at least 40 people have been killed after explosions were reported in multiple cities in Ukraine, according to an advisor of the Ukrainian president. And um, as mentioned, Biden added those sanctions along with uh, 27 EU members and G7 members will also participate in that. Now, Florida's so-called don't say gay bill passed in the House today. The bill now heads to the Florida Senate. If it passes there, it will only need Governor Ron DeSantis' signature, which we know where that stands on this. And now here's State Representative Carlos Smith. I want to make sure that for those LGBTQ youth in Florida and around the country and in the world who are watching, I want to make sure that they know this. You are loved. You are supported. And we will wake up every single day to fight for you because you are worth fighting for okay and those were headlines and what's trending this hour Jeez. yeah that's that was pretty heavy and intense we're gonna be following this story also this week we're gonna have you know we talked to lambda legal about this aclu uh, we'll be getting definitely more into it and what happens now on the show uh this week or you know at least tomorrow as well so uh that was what's trending this hour what's happening in entertainment news ryan well um sean penn is on the ground in you in the ukraine filming a documentary about this whole entire thing what yeah but it's time for the t-report the 
most pop culture stories trending right now. So, yeah, Sean Crane, according to Vice Studios, is on the ground in the Ukraine filming a documentary about Russia's invasion. So he appeared at a press briefing in the uh, Ukraine capital, listening to the governor, a government official speak about the crisis. Um, the doc is a Vice Studios production in association with Vice World News. Um, Penn last visited Ukraine in November 2021 and started preparing for his documentary by visiting with the one uh, the country's military. Photos of Sean Penn's November trip were released at the time by the Ukrainian Joint Forces Operation Press Services. Um, basically, this is wild that he's even doing this. I don't know why he's doing this. But basically, the statement says Sean Penn is demonstrating bravery that many other uh, others have been lacking, in particular, some Western politicians. The more people like that, uh, true friends of Ukraine who support the fight for freedom, the quicker we can stop this heinous invasion by Russia. Hmm. Um, Penn has been at the center of many, uh, many anti-war and humanitarian operations over the years. Um, if you don't know, the 2020 Discovery Plus documentary Citizen Penn recounted the actor's efforts in setting up the nonprofit organization Community Organized Relief Effort, also known as CORE in response to the Haiti earthquakes of 2010. Um, so, yeah, this is wild, right? I mean, Sean Penn, he's still not out of the, the doghouse with me for some comments he made recently. Um, but this is very interesting to know that he just so happened to be, you know, doing this documentary, and now he's in the midst no, of full-on war. And he's deciding not to leave, probably, so he could document it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think this is the reason why he's staying even more. Oh, yeah. He's, he wants to get That's, all of this. Yeah, he's he has been on the ground doing different documentaries lately, and so it's not surprising for him to put him himself um, into the trenches of it all, but it's definitely very dangerous. It goes I, back to his manliness com, uh, it, comedy. Yes. Uh, uh, probably a bit of that. Probably a bit. He, li- he likes to be in, in the heat of it, right? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this, though, if it's something that will actually help people and like shed light on what was happening or what his perspective is on it, right? Yeah, I don't know if people want to hear his perspective, though. I mean, that's just me. No one's really asking. Or, or if he's just shooting it. Will we hear Sean Penn's perspective or is it just like he's producing this? Who yeah, knows? who knows? Well, that's your T-Report. We got more coming up next hour, so stick around for that. Yeah, we're breaking down everything that's happening in the Ukraine uh, right now uh, with Russia. We've got Alex Ward, national security reporter at Politico, joining us for that next. After months of tension between Russia and Ukraine and rumors of a possible attack, Russia did launch an attack last night in early Thursday local time. Explosions have been recorded in Kiev, Ukraine's capital, with countless videos being released on social media documenting what's happening on the ground there. Here is President Biden. Putin is the aggressor. Putin chose this war. And now he and his country will bear the consequences. And Alex Ward joins us right now, national security reporter at Politico. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I mean, these are crazy times that we are witnessing right now. Uh, what, wasn't this inevitable? Is there anything that could have been done to stop this? Inevitable is always hard to say, right? I think what we can say for sure is that Putin was hell-bent on doing this. Uh, the U.S., its allies tried very hard to stop him, signaling that there would be crushing economic sanctions, that the diplomatic door was open. But Putin decided not to walk through that door, and he decided to withstand the sanctions that his economy is about to face. And so while we, of course, are going to see a bunch of suffering in Ukraine, we are going to see, over time, an economic catastrophe in Russia that will 
uh, of course, bring pain to Putin and his inner circle, but also to the Russian citizenry that have many of whom have been brave and went out to protest the war. Yeah, and an unhinged like speech that Putin gave last night right before everything happened, he said this was a demilitarization and denazification of Ukraine. Now, has there actually been any uh, evidence that this is actually happening? Uh, no. <laughs> you know, Putin believes he's got this. He believes that Ukraine is, or at least says this as a way to justify what he's doing, claims that there is just a genocide happening in the Donbass against Russian-speaking peoples and perpetrated by the Ukrainian forces. Uh, there is no evidence of that. It seems like a pretext. And if Putin firmly believes it, then he has been fed extremely uh, wrong information. What I think we can say for what, as to what he believes, he has been clear for a really long time that he feels Ukraine is not a legitimate state, mm-hmm. that it is uh, part of and should be part of Russia, uh, and that this war that is now being perpetrated upon the people of Ukraine in order to realize that vision that he has. So what can be done now? I mean, President Biden did announce these sanctions and others are aligning with the U.S. on that. But with, is that enough? Why would Putin care? That's a big question. And Biden somewhat alluded to the fact that, look, this is not going to have a lot of effect in the immediate term. You know, we can have this conversation in a month. We could have it in a year or more. Um, that's when the economic effects will be felt. Uh, so in terms of, you know, is this going to stop Putin? Are these sanctions going to stop Putin in the short term? No. Um, even the U.S. admits that, and, and I have yet to find anyone who would say that that's the case. This really is a long-term, a slow burn uh, chokehold of the Russian economy. And until those effects are felt, you know, Russia is probably going to continue to do what it's going to do. Uh, but even if it weren't felt, if, even, if there were effect, even if the effects were felt at this moment, it's hard to imagine that Putin would step back at this point because he has launched the invasion. There are attacks on nearly 20 Ukrainian cities and territory that Russians have captured. So you can't just walk that back because, you know, you're feeling some economic pain. Yeah, Alex Ward is here, um, a national security reporter from Politico, uh, breaking everything down that we need to know. I I guess for, for me, I wonder... How do how do how are we really going to move forward, especially if, you know, the people of Ukraine are going through? I mean, the Russian people are going through in the sense of like I'm already seeing clips of Russian protesters Mm -hmm. who are, you know, going against this. What are we, you know, seeing happening for them in the sense of like, are we going to help them in that way to if they need to get out of the state or the country? uh, What does that really look like in terms of our involvement? The U.S. is not really involved in this at all. Uh, we are not, you know, getting our own people. We're not getting American citizens out of Ukraine. They're not sending in troops like we did in Afghanistan. Um, we're not helping with evacuations. We're not doing no fly zones as of this moment. Uh, what we are doing is leading a comprehensive sanctions campaign and providing weapons and funding to the Ukrainian government and military. Um, the administration's currently having discussions about whether it should continue to arm Ukraine during the fight, uh, because that could make the U.S. a party to the war. And Biden has been very clear he does not want the U.S. involved in this fight because, in, in basically his words, but I'm paraphrasing, uh, war between the U.S. and Russia or to have Americans and Russians shooting at each other uh, could amount to World War III. And that might be hyperbolic, and, and it is for some, uh, but I think we have to remember the level of analysis here. The U.S. and Russia are the two largest uh, nuclear weapons holders in the world. And so when we start talking about those two countries 
uh, getting into any sort of fight or any sort of skirmish, you know, that's, that's what we have to be worried about at the top end. But if that just scared you, I want to be very clear, uh, the chance of a U.S.-Russia nuclear exchange is extremely low, uh, as close to zero as it possibly can be as of this moment. As of this moment. Things I mean, change very quickly. Did Putin kind of like... <sighs> Threaten that in some ways. He he said if you know if anyone gets if there's any foreign no. interference, isn't that basically alluding to that? I think he was alluding to the the notion. I mean, who knows, right? <laughs> but I think he was alluding more to the notion of you know do not interfere militarily, or we will you know shoot you guys. Uh, you could read his his boast as even threatening a, a nuclear exchange. But he, I think even for him, that is a, f- a far step because he knows that there is no Western appetite to get involved in this war. The only enemies he's really fighting, in, again, in Putin's mind, are the Ukrainians. And at least in this first day, the Ukrainians have put up quite the fight. But we have to temper optimism here, in a sense, because the Russians have not even thrown you know, the, the most they can at Ukraine. This is the early, early, early stages of a war and I've been talking to European officials today, one of whom told me we should be ready for the quote-unquote rapid fall of Kiev. So um, it's, it's only, I fear, going to get worse. Which is just so heartbreaking because so many innocent people's lives are um, going to be taken who don't want to be part of this war, right? They want peace, and yet they're stuck in the middle of this mess. They are, although they are taking up arms to fight. Uh, the Ukrainians have, are basically giving guns to citizens who want to, you know, be part of a civilian resistance or folks who want to actually join up and be part of the professional military. I mean, to their credit, they are defending their nation. And it is complicating Russian designs. I think in these early stages, and now again, I want to temper expectations, but in these early, early stages, it, you know, it looks like the Ukrainian military was underestimated. The Russian force was overestimated, uh, but that is, again, in these early hours. Who knows what will happen in the days ahead? But I think, you know, the, the Russians will not have, um, I'm not going to say they're going to have a hard time because they are a superior force and intelligence indicates that they could do a lot of damage very quickly, but it might not be as uh, easy as they might have anticipated. Okay, well, that was Alex Ward, national security reporter for Politico. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, now that we know the latest updates, why now? Why is Putin doing all this now? We're going to, you know, dive back into the history of all of this coming up next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Go anywhere. Now that we've all been caught up with the latest news, the questions we're all wondering is why now? Has history informed us that this was coming? Well, joining us to break everything down is Timothy Fry, professor of post-Soviet politics at the Colum- at Columbia University. Thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Now, I think this is the big question, right? You know, has history informed us that this was coming, especially through a, a Putin lens and how he's viewed the, the Ukraine being so illegitimate? Yes, Putin has tried to emphasize that Ukraine is illegitimate uh, as a state, and that doesn't really wash. Uh, you know, Ukraine has been a sovereign state for 30 years. Russia has signed treaties with Ukraine, and even the Russian public, uh, over 80 percent, um, believe that uh, Ukraine is a sovereign state and only 20 percent support a unification with Ukraine. So this is really... Uh, an abuse of history uh, on Putin's part, but it is a belief that he seems to hold dearly, and it is an important motivating factor for why he's taken this risky step. And was it the uh, possible decision to join NATO? Did that put him over the edge? Well, that was part of the issue, but the the bigger picture is that Russia has the largest military uh, in Europe, and it's largely outside of the European security architecture. And what many experts believe is that Russia is forcing the issue in Ukraine and trying to use overwhelming military force in order to sit, ultimately sit down with uh, the United States and NATO and redraw the security arrangements in a way that's more favorable to Moscow. Uh, remember, NATO has expanded in Eastern Europe. It now includes uh, 29 countries, many of whom have joined the alliance precisely because they fear uh, the Russian military threat. Yeah, I, I, 
I guess for for me, I wonder how much of this move from Putin is just him trying to uh, create a like a legacy as a leader for himself. And in all of his the history of him being a leader, it seems like now he's trying to uh, solidify his leadership in a way that just feels, I mean, on brand for him, toxic. Yeah, he, um, uh, you know, Putin, you know, considers himself an amateur historian. And he and his people do follow the trends closely in Ukraine, and they recognize that Ukraine culturally, militarily, economically has really drifted far from Russia in the last 30 years. And I think the timing is best explained by Putin's recognition that time is not on his side and that any move to bring Ukraine back into Moscow's fold is going to be more difficult in the future. Um, You know, at this point, Ukraine trades more with China and with the European Union than with Russia, and that would only continue in the future and make it much more difficult to try to bring Kiev to heel. So uh, with this attack happening and takeover, Is the world just going to kind of sit aside and let this happen? I mean, I know the sanctions that are hitting, but it feels like he was ready for this. Yeah, this has been in the works uh, for a very long time. Uh, At the same time, I think that uh, Putin has been surprised by the vigor uh, of the Western response. Um, uh, I think it was more, the the West is more united uh, than he anticipated and the Ukrainian government has not backed down. You know, ideally, when leaders use military force, the threat of military force, they would prefer not to have to use it, expecting the other side to cave. And that hasn't happened in this case. So Putin has had to take the, a step that he probably would have liked to avoid by having to invade on such a large scale, fully recognizing the great cost that this is going to bring. Uh, to bear on uh, on him, on his inner circle, and on the Russian economy. Timothy Fry, professor of post-Soviet politics at Columbia University, is joining us. And, I mean, I want to stay right there where you just talked about kind of the risk that, you know, Russia and, and, and Putin are kind of, I mean, at this point going to experience if this does not go their way, which it doesn't seem like it will. How much of a risk is he kind of putting himself and the country in? Yeah, I mean, most of my Russian colleagues that I've spoken with over the last few weeks, they're just in disbelief uh, that Putin could have taken this step. Um, They had convinced themselves that surely a reason would prevail, that Moscow would settle for some kinds of negotiations. And, um, you know, they have just been shocked, uh, I think, by this uh, effort. And the support for this move within Russia has been kind of lackluster at best. I think most Russians aren't getting up in the morning and thinking, oh my God, if only we had more of Ukraine, my life would be materially better. Yeah. Um, so it, it is very much a gamble, and one that Putin didn't really have to take. I mean, the, he faces little opposition at home. Uh, the economy is not in terrible shape, and he could have muddled through for, you know, for, you know, for the immediate future. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate having you here on the show to break all of this down in the history. Timothy yeah. Fry, the professor of post-Soviet politics at Columbia University. And if you loved him as much as we did, he's actually an author, <laughs> um, the author of Weak Strongman, The Limits of Power in Putin's Russia. Thank you once again for joining the show. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you.
Okay, now Republicans are giving their hot take on everything that's happening as innocent lives are lost, and it's pretty on brand. That's next. Well, we've been talking a lot about what's happening in the Ukraine, uh, the Russia attack, and unfortunately, Republicans had to use this time to give their hot take on everything. Here is Trump, who called into Laura Ingram's show on Fox News last night. And now he sees the weakness and the incompetence and the stupidity of this administration. And as an American, I'm angry about it and I'm saddened by it. And it all happened because of a rigged election. This would have never happened. Okay, yeah, it's all because of a rigged election. I I mean, I have to give him points for always making sure his messaging's right. That's one thing Democrats can't do. Consistent. Um, But, you know, it's really disappointing. I feel like the Republican Party's really going to regret one day um, the where they have aligned and what side of history they're on. I, I do feel like um, at the end of the day, if we want to talk about just the human processes and how this is going to backfire in ways that they probably have going to um, really not realize until it is one of those kind of end of the world moments, um, the Republican Party is it's really sad to, to, I wouldn't even want to claim being a part of that party in the sense of, of where they're at right now. And um, it's it's really sad that we're seeing Republicans use this time when people are, 57 are dead, 100 and something are, you know, harmed in the Ukraine, and they're using this moment to say that Biden, that, you know, I mean, Representative Madison Cawthorn said, pray for the people of Ukraine, their country's under attack. Pray for the United States. We have no leader in the White House. Yeah, of course, politicize What it, right? would have happened, to, if Donald Trump was in the White House at this time, he would have basically so the Ukraine, like he would have allowed anything to happen that Putin would have wanted, and it would have been ten times worse, in my opinion. And so this this uh, this situation where Republicans have really fallen the wrong side of history is uh, one day they will regret it. I I, I really think they're going to regret it on all the multiple fronts that we've seen today that's coming up. Uh, it is unfortunate, you know, and, and people dying, displaced families, videos of uh, a father putting his daughter. Young daughter on a bus crying, breaking down. No one should have to go through this. And the question is, if Trump was in power, what would we have had to sacrifice to make sure you know, uh, Putin stayed in line? Right. What would have happened behind the scenes? What, what would we have had to give up? You just never know what's happening. Uh, but here's Tucker Carlson, who, of course, had to join in. Very soon, that hatred of Vladimir Putin could bring the United States into a conflict in Eastern Europe. Before that happens, it might be worth asking yourself, since it is getting pretty serious, what is this really about? Why do I hate Putin so much? Has Putin ever called me a racist? Has he threatened to get me fired for disagreeing with him? Has he shipped every middle class job in my town to Russia? Is he trying to snuff out Christianity? Does he eat dogs? These are fair questions, and the answer to all of them is no. What the hell does eating dogs have to do with anything? I'm so confused at what the dogs mean. Why are the dogs in it? I'm so confused. It's a racist dog whistle. I mean, clearly, clearly, like that goes without saying. But why are they in it? And why are why leave like, the dogs out of this mess? It's, it's um, it's it. It was it most definitely. I you know, I I just don't have anything else to say really about this because it's just really disappointing that um, the the political parties have been are going in the way that they are. And honestly, it's not shocking. No. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's what the United States is. Well, I, I have something to say on it. I mean, it was such a pro-Russian, pro-Putin take that it was rebroadcast in <laughs> Russia on state TV with Russian subtitles. So that should tell you everything uh-huh. you need to know about where Tucker Carlson lands. Yeah, he, he'll be the next spokesperson for Russia. He's... <laughs> 
mean, that, that, that's crazy. The compromise must be extremely spicy for what they have on him. Well, it's really interesting because Republicans are, you know, they say Biden should have imposed harsher sanctions on Putin so, uh, sooner. And, you know, they, they agree with Biden's position that U.S. troops should not be put in harm's in any harm's way um, to help defend. But my thing is they're also saying that um, you're praising Putin's strategy and, and the kind of the the war hero that he is and and they think he's a genius. So which one is it? Are you are you do you want Biden to get more involved and be a stronger hands, you know, on, you know, fist hands, you know, a fist type of leader? Or do you want him to just kind of ignore this and, and praise Putin and let Putin just do whatever he wants to do? Which one is it at this point? It's so annoying. Can I say one last thing yeah. about the GOP? Are you insane? <laughs> Are you crazy? I think all of you should be in a psych ward right the heck Please. now. Immediately. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. We're back and more music coming up here on Channel Q. But right now we've got more show. Do you feel like your mental health has been suffering from the news the past few days? I mean, no, not at all. all. I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) I'm fine. fine. We're speaking with Dr. Alfie in 30 minutes on keeping your mental health um, in check when the trauma of the world rises. Uh, Plus, the newest directive from Texas Governor Greg Abbott has us scared for anyone that is trans in the state of Texas. And one of the biggest nonprofits helping trans people in the state joins us next on how to help. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene called for violence in response to several non-binary camp counselors who may have slept in the same cabins as fifth grade girls at a three-day science camp in California uh, before she accused the parents of transgender kids of, quote, grooming and trying to turn their trans kids, um, their kids trans, because these mothers think that having a trans child is like a handbag. Just so many levels of wrong here. Uh, of course, she was talking to Alex Jones on his show, Infowars, saying this is straight evil. Meanwhile, the LA Blade actually reported that the counselors in question are non-binary and use they-them pronouns, and that even the parents who are angered by the situation are accusing the counselors of having showered with the kids, which is, this is Why all so messed up. That? Why would they do that? It's uh, it's a really messed up situation and really unfortunate and continues to feed into this just horrific narrative right now. Uh, moving on to President Biden, who responded to a question from Fox News's Peter Ducey on if he underestimated Russian President Vladimir Putin. Would you still describe him the way that you did in the summer as a worthy adversary? At the time, he was, I made it clear as an adversary and I said he was worthy. I didn't underestimate him. And I've read most of everything he's written. Did you read? The, I shouldn't. I'm not being a wise guy. The, you, you heard the speech he made. Almost an hour's worth of speeches. Why he was going into Ukraine? 
He has much larger ambitions in Ukraine. He wants to, in fact, reestablish the former Soviet Union. Yep, well, that's true. That is very real. I mean, Peter Ducey, always with the questions, right? Peter Ducey is not a journalist. He's a shock value, like, shock jockey in, in that mm-hmm. way. Like, he's, my thing is he's just looking for the most stupidest, most shocking question so everyone can talk about him. You can see he's kind of like laughing under his mask, right? He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I'm asking. I'm afraid to look him in his eyes, but he might steal my soul. <laughs> All right, that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, right? Oh, well, um, Priyanka Chopra is speaking out. She is demanding respect as she called out Rosie O'Donnell's public apology over mistakenly thinking Deepak Chopra was her father. Oh. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Uh, now, if you don't remember us covering this a few days ago, here is Rosie's weird-ass apology. People thought that she was rude. She wasn't rude. It was just awkward, you know? I mean, I'm sure she gets sick of that. I'm sure I'm not the only one. According to the comments, a lot of people thought that too. But she's apparently a very well-known actress and more famous than him, people were saying. So, so I'm sure it felt weird to her to begin with. And anyway, Priyanka is her name. Priyanka, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And... um <laughs> I just want to apologize to her and to everyone who thought that it was really inappropriate of me. Sorry. Hmm. Well, it was most definitely inappropriate, just like the apology. Priyanka is speaking out, saying, I have never taken myself so seriously to think everyone would know who I am, or my work for that matter. But if you would, if you wanted to make a public apology for a very awkward private encounter, I think probably best to take the time to Google my name before doing it, or even trying to reach out directly. Oh. Um, she said, we all deserve to be respected for our unique individuality and not be referred to as someone or wife, especially in a sincere apology. Um, She said, if we can learn to respect our differences in an authentic way, the world we raise our children in will be amazing. And of course, in one final jab, Priyanka added, P.S. As I've said before, not all Chopras are related to the great Deepak, just as not all Smiths are related to the legendary Will Smith. That is true. Another zero for white people. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, Wait, Maggie Smith and Will Smith aren't related? Yeah, they're not, you know? I, it's This Darn. is embarrassing. This is just, like, not even funny. You learn something new every day, guys. It's, like, hilariously. It's, like, hilarious because of how stupid it is. It but then, is. like, when you really unpack it, it's, like, it's, it's actually offensive. It is. Well, yeah, that's what she was calling it. It is totally offensive. Yeah, yeah. that sucks. Okay, moving I'm on. I'm happy she took her ground, though. I'm, I'm, I'm happy she stood her ground because, uh, I mean, this, honestly, Priyanka probably would have never said anything if Rosie's apology didn't suck. <laughs> well, yeah. She, instead of her just being like, I'm embarrassed. No, she shouldn't have said sorry. anything, Shira. Oh, who, she Rosie? Said, Rosie shouldn't have said anything. She should have just, if she wanted to apologize in private, she should have done that. But going back on TikTok and then, you know. Continuing dismiss, to feed Being yeah. dismissive mm. is the reason why some people shouldn't have said anything. So that's your tea report. What a mess. Woo! All right. What a journey that is. <laughs> Uh, we got more coming up next hour. Yeah, uh, well, as Texas Governor Greg Abbott calls on citizens to report parents of trans kids, uh, what should be done about this? What are next steps and how advocates are fighting back? That's next. 
Texas Governor Greg Abbott is calling on licensed professionals and members of the general public to report parents of trans minors to authorities if it appears the minors are receiving gender-affirming medical care. Now, this is just horrific and has such horrible consequences. Uh, joining us right now is Andrea Segovia, Senior Field and Policy Advisor at the Transgender Education Network of Texas. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I appreciate y'all reaching out to us. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, we've had you on, well, we've had your organization mm-hmm. on before, and we really appreciate the work that you all do. And so we thought it was super important to continue to mm-hmm. highlight that and obviously, you know, talk to you about this this pivotal moment in history that we're experiencing. Well, yeah, it's, it's outrageous. <laughs> it is. Well, now that this letter is out, how does this inform policy or does it just encourage more transphobic behavior? What happens now? So, you know, I think it's really important to remind people that this is an opinion. Um, And it's similar to when you as a person have an opinion. It's not anything legally binding. Um, It does not change current laws um, for agencies like DFPS um, or counselors or medical professionals or anything like that. Um, It's it's simply saying this is what I think should happen. Um, And everyone has, especially DSPS, has the ability to decide whether they want to follow the opinion, use parts of the opinion, or not use it at all, Mm -hmm. um, which, which is what we're hoping will end up happening. Yeah, I mean, the the timing of this letter um, is so interesting. I, I feel like it's very politically motivated because uh, March 1st, the Republican primary is happening. And I think both of the men that uh, actually brought this letter, um, you know, to to everyone's knowledge that you know to the front here they're kind of i guess they're facing a crowded field of contenders in their re-election bids what are the do you feel like this is also very politically motivated especially um right now in, in the sense of primaries and and the midterms and stuff are coming up yeah you know i i think continuously um especially our organization that's very much uh in the advocacy part of uh legislative sessions um, continuously tries to highlight the fact that um, trans people and especially trans youth in Texas are used as political pawns. They know that it riles their base. They know that they can get um, people to go on their side um, because they create sort of like zingers of um, of hurtfulness, if we're just being honest. Um, and, and I think like there is definitely um, a reason as to why things are happening now, because if we're also being real, um, looking at when um, Representative Matt Krause put in uh, the the question to the Attorney General for him to weigh in with his opinion, I, it's been months, um, you know, and, and so I do think that those are connected. Yeah, but uh, and again, we're talking to Andrea Segovia from the Transgender Education Network of Texas. What I was going to say is, well, well, you are saying that, you know, a Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, um, saying that allowing minors to receive transition care, such as puberty blockers and hormone therapy and surgery is child abuse under state law. You said the Abbott's letter is an opinion piece, but with this saying that it's state law, doesn't that um, create a, a, a state of affairs in Texas where people now use it against people in a real way? Uh, so ultimately, um, and I, I want to be clear, right, the 
AG is the opinion and um, Greg Abbott was just sort of a letter of encouragement. Um, and so what this is looking like is um, ultimately it is, again, up to DSPS to um, use the opinion if they decide to in change. They would have to sort of change how they operate of um, looking into cases, right, of quote-unquote child abuse. Um, and also, too, right, the um, other part to this is that it's also very much on a local level. Um, it is up to city and county officials like your um, county DA and things like that to also pursue this. And as we've seen in the past couple of days, um, multiple DAs across the state of Texas saying, like, we are not going to pursue this um, because that is that's their right as their office okay. to um, declare that. Yeah, I, I just wonder how this is going to affect the work that you all do, especially as you are, you know, I mean, if you're not familiar with TENT, they are an organization dedicated to furthering gender di diverse equality in Texas. And you all go through a lot of uh, public and private forums to educate. So how do you think this is going to impact your work? You know, I think um, doing things like this, talking to people um, is really what we do year, year round. Um, and, and we're taking the opportunity to uh, demyth what's happening and tell the truth and talk about the fact, right, that, like, um, kids just want to be who they are. Um, we're, we're not asking for anything special. We're literally trying to just have kids survive and be able to thrive um, and, and really, again, educating so many people on, like, what are the struggles that trans people face, not only in Texas, but in the South and, and in the country? Um, because this is a coordinated attack, right? Like, we're seeing things in Florida, we're seeing things in other states who are in their legislative session also attacking trans youth. Um, and, and it's dangerous. Um, we, we, our organization knows of kids who have taken their life um, in the past few months, especially after um, HB 25, the um, bill and now law that um, bans trans kids from participating in UIL sports um, because this has been happening, right? Like, yeah. We have been battling this since 2015 and it's really coming to a head currently. Um, but, but all of the bullying from state leadership has been there. And, and again, like, we're talking about kids who just want to be who they are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you again for your work and for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you all so much. Really appreciate it and appreciate the shout out. Of course. That was Andrea Segovia uh, from Transgender Education Network of Texas. Now, as more uh, tragic news comes out, how do we all deal with the current state of the world? Well, Dr. Alfie is here to help us with this trauma. Now, if someone was to tell me that we'd be living through a global pandemic and a possible mm. war, I probably would have said they were lying. You know, how are we supposed to navigate the ongoing cycle of just bad news? Well, joining us is our favorite mental health correspondent, Dr. Alfie, the founder and board president of the Acoma Project. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Alfie. Always, of course, Ryan is here. Love you. Yeah, we love you very much. And we, I mean, we always have you on for the dark stuff. I just know Sorry. you are tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, my God, that. oh, my God. Right. Yes, but it, you know, it's my pleasure. The circumstances are always rough. Yeah. But we're all dealing with it. And so it's, what I can do is just bring 
I don't know, a voice to it, then I'm okay with that. Yeah, it is. It is something, um, you know, to experience in real time. Last night I was on my couch. I stayed up to, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, around, you know, till about 1 a.m. just watching mm-hmm. MSNBC because I couldn't turn it off. I was invested mm-hmm. in just um, just what is happening in the world. But then also, like, I realized mm-hmm. it took a toll on me. Like, I was feeling, like, the chills of the sirens. I was mm-hmm. feeling the emotion of the broadcasters um, as they were pushing through this how are we supposed to navigate this time right now, right? We should be focused on what's happening in the world, but it, it, how do we give ourselves that break? I always say the same thing. You know, I, you, y'all know, y'all know me, um, and I love y'all. And so the thing that I'm always saying is you have to curate your news. So, of course, we want to be informed, particularly for folks like you, where this is your life. You live in this space, and for the reporters and journalists and people who travel all over the world to report on these things, that's your livelihood. Or that's your passion. At the same time, I think it's really important to understand that there are times to dive in and there are times to pull back. So if this is not your job, then I think what we have to do is protect ourselves. I was just like you up at 1 o'clock in the morning talking to my dad, watching the people in the vest and the helmets reporting, and my heart just hurt. I thought about those poor people in Ukraine, and it just made my heart hurt. And so I knew I had to step away, and I told my dad, can you mute that? Or can you just, like, change the channel for just for a minute? Because this is hard for me. So I think that's what we have to do, know our limits and adjust our behaviors accordingly. Yeah, I, I, it can be hard on all of us. What if you have, a, you know, that one friend? You could create your own boundaries, but it could be also hard as you create a boundary if you have people around you that are, you know, talking about it constantly or someone who's really impacted it by it personally. How can you be there for someone else as well during this time? Absolutely. So I think it goes back to it's not whether or not you set boundaries because we always want to set boundaries. That allows us to feel protected and it also helps us protect the people we love. But it's, you know, in addition to whether or not it's how you set the boundary, right? So it may be that there's someone, maybe you care for someone who has Ukrainian ancestry. I just learned today that there's a whole population of African folks in Ukraine who are Afro-Ukrainian. I wasn't aware of that. So I may have friends who have relatives who are directly impacted by what's happening there or other places in the world. And I think the idea is to set the boundary of saying, I am here for you. I love you. I care for you. If you're going to watch it, I will, you know, on television, I'll be in the next room. When you need me, come find me or I'll come back and check on you periodically. But the best way I can take care of you is to take care of myself. And so I'll be close by, but I can't sit in it with you. I think that's one of the things that we can do is setting that healthy boundary in a way that makes both of us feel valued and loved and protected that's some of the best advice i think we can we can take you know from this conversation and just get, continue to hold close to us while we watch you know the the world going to flames i guess <laughs> i mean yes. for lack of better words no, I don't, you know I, yes. I think oftentimes especially me how i handle a lot of bad news sometimes i have to find you know like a humor in it in mm. some way just because it's so ridiculous yeah. it's just like instead of crying i'd rather laugh but dr alfie thank you so much for joining us as you usual we really really appreciate you for being um our mental health correspondent of course love you all and take care you too all right so we'll have more show coming up don't go anywhere honey yeah we're 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 changing things up a little bit coming up next well there's a new hot dating app out and it's called oh my god sorry foreplay foreplay my headphones are messed up 
<laughs> See, I'm not single, so I, I can't, you know, talk about foreplay. I mean, you literally just teased the name <laughs> of the app and forgot it that quickly. Sorry, I was having some tech issues. Yeah, foreplay. In your brain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> foreplay is what it's called. And, um, you know, it's, it's not as... I would say, like, it's a bit of a clickbaity name, right? Because you think, oh, foreplay, like, oh, yeah, you're going to have a, a foursome. But you are. You get to go on double dates. But, you know, you would think sometimes when you say foreplay, you're like, oh, it goes right to the bedroom. That's only if you want. It's a consensual thing. I actually think this oh, is... I thought a connect four. <laughs> you could say it's... <laughs> a nice it's board the game. same as that, a real life connect four. But I actually really like this because I feel like dating apps these days one it could be dangerous to meet one-on-one uh and you know it could it could suck if you go on a date and you see it's someone you don't want to be with and you're stuck this allows you to go with someone else you know you don't like at least the person you're with one-on-one you have other people there there's some safety would you be down for uh some foreplay i'm only thinking of the negatives of this like what if the person that you're on a date with likes the person that you're meeting up like the other person that's a part of another double date and they go home with them, and they leave you just high and dry. Well, then it would have happened anyway. Just it's it probably but it saved hurts you time worse when it's like the foursome that you're in, and in the moment, like the double date, and they like connect with that other person, and they're like they leave with them instead of you. It could happen. Have you ever? Has that ever happened to you where you've met someone, you've been on a date with someone, and then you end up seeing like someone else, and you go, "You probably would be better than us." No, that actually happened to me. Uh, you could say my partner now. We uh, it all comes back to Chris. <laughs> I'm Somehow finds a way back. I can say so. Me, I met him through a friend, and we were three of us hanging out. So there wasn't a fourth. Uh, but uh, I was trying to hook them up, and then we ended up dating. So that that's the same thing. Yeah. In a way. That is kind of the same thing, actually. I mean, this is just really an interesting app because it, it is nice to to go on a group situation and it kind of takes away the, the nervousness of it. But even then, if you don't know the other people, you're still meeting new people. Right? But, but it's if easier it's, to hang out with a few more people than one-on-one. There's not a lot of all, If they're all strangers, it still feels a little weird because what if they're all weird? I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I feel like people who want to do this, no shade. It's a 9,000-person wait list. What if it's just full of weirdos who are just afraid? They have social oh, no. anxiety, and everybody's at the table with social anxiety, and no one's saying anything, and then now the whole situation is just quiet. I feel like if you do something like this, you don't have social anxiety if you're putting yourself up out on a foreplay app. They, you're saying foreplay like it's literal foreplay. <laughs> foreplay. It's not. It's literally you, just four people so meeting here's up. Here's the thing. You actually go in on a chat. There's a, you break the ice with a group chat. You make plans to meet up IRL. Oh, you, and the, wait, the app is a group chat? Yeah, oh, you, that's you not talk, for me. Wait, you talk strategy <laughs> with me. team chats. I have this show's muted group chat. Like, it's muted. Oh, that's the reason Everything why you never respond. Everything is muted. I hate group chat so much, this is not for me. Not for me. So you won't be on foreplay anytime soon? No, not at all. And how do you do that with all the gay boys? It just turns into one four orgy? I guess because uh, if you're going on a double date with same-sex <laughs> couples, what everybody gonna just sleep with each other? Probably. Just my luck. Yes, we're back Hello. and uh, stick around for more great music right here on Channel Q. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Knock knock. Who's there? Oh, I have to finish that joke. Yeah. Now. Why did you get it started? That was me doing it. That was the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's on the other I, side because the I, I world really sucks. Realize, 
You did play a random song today, by the way. Producer Justin. I still have another hour, please. Oh. You got one last hour. He's got tricks up his sleeve. It's all on the line here. Coming up in 30 minutes, Laverne Cox is speaking out about ageism. What she had to share. Yes, later on this hour. Plus, Britney Spears explains the real reason she's writing her book. That's in the Tear Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. The, uh, oh, a retired teacher who threatens, sorry, I was going to go to the next story, but this is the first one. (laughs) A retired teacher who threatened violence against New York City LGBTQ Pride March and numerous other LGBTQ-friendly groups and businesses pleaded guilty to mailing threatening communications through the Postal Service. Just horrible. Robert Faring was a former teacher at Bellport High School in Long Island and pleaded guilty in federal court. Wow, I guess he wasn't fair. Ring. Yep, was <laughs> And imagine that being your teacher. <laughs> you had a me moment oh, for a moment. Oh, God, I'm just, it's corny joke time. Cheesy. <laughs> Cheesy joke of the day. Oh, God. Now, the number of Americans collecting unemployment benefits fell to a 52-year low after another decline in jobless aid applications last week. Jobless claims fell by 17,000. That's good, right? Inflation is also at an, a 40-year high, 7.5% year over year, leading, leading the Federal Reserve to ease its monetary support for the economy. The Fed has signaled that it would begin a series of interest rate hikes in March. Oh, and guess what? We'll see what happens after the whole Russia situation. Goes. I mean, it's exciting, even higher, it's huh? Really exciting. <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens. This is the most suspenseful movie I've ever watched. It's like, don't be a crypto bro, just be an inflation bro. Just watch it increase. Queen Elizabeth, too, has postponed virtual meetings for the second time this week after Buckingham Palace announced on Sunday that she had tested positive for COVID 19. Girl. Yeah, really, girl. <laughs> The palace announced today that the 95-year-old had pushed back two more virtual audience appointments as she continued to experience cold-like symptoms. Oh, we're happy she's doing well. I'm surprised they just don't do deep fakes. <laughs> I mean, literally, um, anybody can see in her spot and they just got to change her face. Yes, how true. Hollywood unlocked, they may say, you, you know, they, they actually right did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, girl. They're going to have to figure something out because Queen Elizabeth, she's tired. 95. She keeps going. She is the ultimate hustler. I would never do anything else. Like, who are you virtually meeting? What? How important is it? It can't be that important. Maybe this is what keeps her old or young, you know? Anyway. What? How young can she be? <laughs> At 95. <laughs> yeah, it keeps, it keeps her youth like hard energy. enough. She's, like, been through, like, so many, I mean, life. Wow. Life is really... You know what I watched uh, on my flight? Spencer. I tried to watch Spencer. Really depressing. Oh, I liked it. It was so slow, and I was like, this is just, I get it. I enjoyed it. It's not something you really watch. I mean, I guess you could watch it on the plane because you're just by yourself, but I enjoyed it. I think Kristen Stewart did a great job. Yeah, I just kept thinking it's Kristen Stewart every time. It's Princess Diana. I tried to feel that way. Anyway, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Well, um, Page Six has an exclusive on why Britney is actually really writing her uh, story. Which, here's the thing. I really wanted to do this Britney story. Mm-hmm. But then also, I saw that Louis C.K. was going to be in the Ukraine doing the show in the middle of this Russian invasion. So which one do we want to talk Can about? Can you talk about that next hour? I, I guess I could, but okay. do we really care about the Britney thing? I mean... Yeah, okay. Producer Justin says, yeah. Britney okay. Spears is a buck out. Whoop-de-doo. Okay. <laughs> oh, she's going to be 
uh, writing a book. <laughs> That's what, do you what think? I'm saying, right? I think I think we should in real time. I love that we're making this wonderful decision. Um, but yeah, Louis C.K. It somehow is still performing in Kiev in the middle of this entire <laughs> Russian invasion. Um, he's cracking jokes in a war zone. <laughs> it's not funny, but it is. It's the only place that will. <laughs> That allow him. Yeah, seriously. It says, the um, basically, a fan tweeted, the Louis C.K. show in Kiev has not been canceled. Um, and I guess the trending post was accompanied by a graphic reading. Dear attendees, Louis C.K.'s performance will take place as planned on February 25th and 26th. Tickets for Louis C.K.'s show purchased earlier remain valid for new dates and do not require an exchange. Uh, reps for Louis C.K.'s um, have yet to publicly confirm the status of his upcoming shows amid the attacks on Ukraine. And um, obviously, with everything going on, why? Why has why does he need the money that bad? Or is he stuck there? Honestly, it's fascinating. Leave him there. It's just like just leave him there. The combination of things to happen at the same time really is mind blowing right now. It's just the most random people are in the Ukraine right now, from Sean Penn to now Louis C.K. It's like all. The- problematic white men are together. (laughs) You know what? It's almost like Putin was like, my two favorites. Well, it's kind of crazy because an online marketplace called Ticket Hunt is still hawking up prices to the shows at a 30% discount. Um, Basically... Only 30%. How about you give it for free? Ukraine at least deserves a free show, including from this guy. Well, guess what? You can score balcony seats to his show at approximately $11.70. That sounds like a deal to me. Um, but if you can leave the bomb shelters. Here's the big deal. Here's I mean, the this thing is here. Concert goers, the people who go to the show, will reportedly have to like literally turn in their phones. So in the middle of this war, <laughs> they're not allowed to have their phones. This seems like it is something that Putin would put together. Oh, let's just pretend it's a nice comedy show. Yeah, the venue security team will force audience members to put their phones in lockboxes no. so as to not leak any sensitive material. Are you kidding? Who, I mean, read the damn room. Who's who's like look, looking to like prioritize leaking <laughs> Louis C.K. set list? Carlos like, Mencia. That's the only one I can think of. <laughs> like, who would care that much? Like, please go. Oh, he's, I, I just I. You know, this show, this one was worth it. This one was a very worth it. Well, we still have time for Britney Spears if you want. Okay, I mean, we can do Britney. I don't really want to, though. No. She's just writing her book. And, and she, she really wants to tell her side of the thing. There you go. That was the big reveal. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's your tea report. If you want to check out more of that story and others, head over to WeWatchOnOkey.com. Well, coming up next, Laverne Cox is speaking out about ageism. We're going to be getting more into that. But first, our thoughts on this historic day that's next. Well, we're doing a little mid-show check-in because we've been talking about a lot of heavy things on the show today. With uh, Russia attacking Ukraine, the Ukraine president is ordering military mobilization amidst the attack. It's been heavy. And then... That is uh, including all the anti-trans homophobic policy and laws that we have to report on daily here. So it's been a heavy time here on Let's Go There. What was that? Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. It's all about the the biggest (laughs) events in the 20th century. Now we're in the 21st century. There's always a story behind the music. (laughs) Okay, all right. Uh, I see the connection. Historical songs, yeah. I I see the connection. I like it. What was wild watching everything... Unravel online yesterday on social media. You're watching TV, which some like I don't even have cable anymore. So 
Although it is on, there's those apps, right? You can get cable. But a lot of times you're following what's happening on social media. Well, yeah, you have to make a, de- a decision to follow it, right? Like yep. you have to, um, if you're interested in what's going on outside of, you know, your, your world and, and understanding. Like I was also on the phone last night with a friend mm. and uh, in the middle of our conversation, I kind of like just zoned out because I was watching everything yep. happen, right? I I saw, you know, the tweet at 930 um, our time, Pacific time, where that was the first tweet where I saw, oh, Putin has started this invasion. Yeah. And I I didn't even know what to do. I was just like, okay, what does this mean? So I turned on MSNBC. Yeah. And then I see reporters in real time experiencing this. It was, it was at like 7 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Um, where mm-hmm. they were experiencing this. And I mean, an hour goes by and then you hear the sirens because a lot of the conversation was before, why haven't we heard the sirens yet? Like if they're under attack, this is something that, you know, um, countries have set up to alert people that their their country and, you know, where they are, are under attack, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was chilling when it just starts happening mid uh, mid conversation, because you you start to realize, oh, this is no longer just the the bombings and things are no longer just happening outside of the border. Now they're attacking the capital. Now, like there's like lives, and you're seeing, you're hearing the the shots, and you're hearing the the missiles through the television because that's how close they are yep. to the the journalist. And I can't continue to say this enough, but just watching these journalists who, I mean, they work tirelessly to do this. This is what they probably like. This is their Super Bowl, if I could put it in any type of like a non-crass way. Um, but it just, it, it gives chills. It really did give me chills to see how this played out and then go online on Twitter and then see how some people where some people were taking it seriously and then mm-hmm. other people were like still kind of like finding some way of making like jokes, which felt yeah. so weird. Yeah, a lot of people in some communities I'm in were calling people out like if you're, because I've been recently diving into like Web3 and NFTs, like they're like, if you're- Oh, holding, really? <laughs> if you're hold, <laughs> they're like, if you're holding a Twitter space today and right now about like crypto or NFTs, you're missing the point. Like- you have no humanity. Were right? people doing that? There were some people like continuing on their day or their jobs. Or they had scheduled something and maybe they didn't decided not to stop it because they're like, I'm going to just do what was scheduled. Or I don't know. I think overall, though, what I saw that said, I'm sure there were people doing that. Like you mentioned, overall, what I saw is a lot of compassion and uh, people just feeling devastated by the news overall globally. Um, which is always fascinating when you're going on uh, Twitter to see this unravel and like just happen before our eyes. Yeah. I, I was out, so I wasn't in front of a TV, but um, after, uh, and I was at this like film festival, so I was disconnected for a moment. And then when I came back home, you know, the, one of the top videos was of CNN's Matthew Chance, who was reporting live, stopped his reporting to put on gear as him and his team heard loud explosions in the city. Meanwhile, he's been there for years. Never has he had to use this equipment, but here he is. I think it's, I think it's relatively safe at the moment. Look, I've got a, oh, there's another one. I've got a flak jacket right here. Let me just get it get it on. So I'm Matthew told Chance by is in uh, to get a, live for us in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, Matthew, we're going to stick with on. you. Uh, Matthew is on a roof uh, in central Kiev, he's telling us. And just for the first time, just moments ago, you witnessed live on this program explosions. Again, he doesn't know exactly what those explosions okay. are, but he says it's the first time. 
uh, that he has heard He's them since he has been in Kyiv. He is uh, trying to put on a flak jacket now to make sure that he is safe. Yeah, I mean, terrifying. Terrifying. Imagine being there in the moment and to witness this, as you mentioned, like you're just a viewer watching this unfold. It feels surreal to think like on, you know, we're all part of this earth and on the other side of the world right now, this is happening. And I think uh, similarly, you know, looking at what was happening in Afghanistan, right? Just imagining like, okay, we're, we're far, but this is happening in the same place that we all live. And yet we feel so distant from it. But we're really not. Ultimately, we're all going to be impacted uh, by this. And it's just horrific to witness this as a, a fellow human. Right. It's really sad. No, it is. I mean, to go along with what you're, you're talking about, you're speaking of, we are going to be impacted in, in in ways that are going to hit our own pockets here. I mean, we're already seeing how inflation is at the highest that it is, and it's going to continue to get high, and that's going to show up in gas prices. You know, we have to use that, and, and there's a lot of resources that come from Russia and that we're tapped into that, you know, is going to really hurt the process of us being able to receive these things um, because of, you know, one decision that Vladimir Putin decided to do that is not only going to backfire on him, but backfire on the people of Russia and the rest of the country that has like tied into to these moments. And I just hope it doesn't get worse. Uh. Um, but you just don't know in the, the headspace that he's clearly in. I mean, it, it feels like the moment where I, I'm reminded of the same feeling that I had January 6th. Mm-hmm. And you just weren't sure if the last thing Trump was going to do was press that big red button and cause all type of hell while every the insurrection is happening in, on, on the Capitol. And so this is the same type of thing, seeing an unhinged leader um, just do whatever they want to do. And uh, I'm just really fingers crossing and, and feeling like, oh, God, I hope it doesn't get worse. But uh, it might. Yeah, I feel like this is the a beginning. I don't. I hopefully it will. It's going to plateau, and this is the worst it's going to be. It's just hard to imagine that right now. And I, I just feel horrible for the people who are living in Ukraine and Russia right now, who are prisoners, basically, of this president, right, of this person, and begging the world, like, literally, just pleading with the world to help them, and yet stuck in this political BS right now. So yes, our our prayers are out to everyone right now impacted. Uh, by this, but we are continuing on with the show right now. What's going on, Ryan? Yeah, you know, you got our check-in, so if you were wondering how we're feeling right now, that was it. But right (sighs) now, we're going to move on to talk about something a little bit lighter, but also important. We're talking ageism. Um, Shira, I'm looking at you. You ready? (gasps) You're being ageist. Yep. You know, ageism goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I love the, this conversation where we're talking about um, that Laverne Cox actually kind of is stepping into owning her, her her age now in the ways where when she first came on the scene, she always was identified with being over 21 for nearly two decades, right? Um, she isn't oh. the first woman to kind of spend years lying about her age. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm happy that she's at this point where she is willing to own her age and own all the experiences that come with being older, right? Uh, She actually was on the Ellen DeGeneres show where she said, I started unpacking all the stories about being older. The stories um, were that I wasn't hireable, wasn't dateable, wasn't effable over a certain age. And so she says she worked through those issues with a therapist before starting her age um, 
uh, stating her age at a speaking engagement back in 2019. Hmm. And so this really had us thinking about the idea of age and uh, ageism and how it kind of plays in our own lives. Um, And I think we can have a conversation about how it plays in both ways, right? Like, we are 10 years apart. Yep. And oftentimes, we started working together. We've always been kind of 10 years apart, haven't we? (laughs) That continues as time continues. That's what I thought. Okay. I was like, (laughs) right? And so there was always this thing whether sure always would be like, oh, I can't wait to see you get older. And like, you know, and and here you'll understand my POV more when you get older. And yeah. then also, I think it also played Sorry. into like I'm a lot snorting. of the opportunities, you know, of like a, me being a younger person that I have gotten. Yeah. That I think we've had to talk in, in inside as well. But we it's like ageism really is not just a a person has to be older to experience ageism. Like, you can experience it or be critiqued or be, oh, yeah. like, you know, looked down upon if you are even younger and in a position totally. where it, you know, a lot of people don't think you're supposed to be in that position. And so I guess I want to, mm-hmm. I think there's an interesting conversation there about ageism. What, what's what been your relationship with ageism? Oh. So I feel like when I was Younger, it was almost like I took advantage of the fact that I was younger and did a lot of things like the hustle and the push that you can do when you're younger is just different, right? Or the perception of it. So I interned at every major place, like the the things that you kind of get away with. It's like people want to give you a shot more my experience was when I was younger and it's like you're a I'm a young woman uh with privileges as a white I woman say, young white woman don't take yeah. that out uh, I was trying to erase your whiteness <laughs> <laughs> so I look back but like of course I have that perspective now looking back yeah when you're in it you can have the, that awareness but it's not as much there as when you're looking back at the time like I think about a lot of my opportunities and a lot of things came from the fact that I was like uh, young, white, pretty, hot woman, right? And let me add, because I'm not going to diminish this. I'm I'm smart. I'm smart. I got a good brain, right? Yeah. Uh, did you did you did you kind of pause? Like no, because when you talk like, yeah, about smart. the beauty part, yeah. a lot of times, like you're dismissing a lot of women will won't say that part, right? Which is really important. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think all of that came into play. That said. I think that a lot of my kind of existential crisis I've had or personal growth moment happen at a time that now that I talk to other people that are older or kind of in their mid thirties, I hear a lot of like, Oh yeah, that happened to me in my mid thirties too, where there is a bit of that connection of like there age is but a number of course. And we know everyone goes through things that different. We're all different individually. Right. However, there seems to be, as I, continue getting older and connecting with more people of all ages there seems to be a recurring theme and pattern that i sometimes see not all the time Mm -hmm. of like certain ages and certain things happening in those ages or things coming up uh that happen across the board and so i think that my my you could say my mid-30s thing that happened a lot of it was the fact that my realization was i can't uh, I don't. I'm not the new hot girl on the block anymore, right? Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not like the, y- y- that person getting those types of jobs. The jobs that I was going after did aren't really. Want, did you want to be that person? I think that there's a bit of a just wanting to be accepted, like wanting to get the offer, even if you didn't want to take it. <laughs> okay. Like there is a bit of that. It's like wanting to be invited to the party, even if you don't want. You don't want to go. It's just knowing that you're being considered. Right. And I think that at a certain point when you're not being considered for uh, those, there's certain jobs where it changes things for you. Yeah. And then you just you you start thinking instead of here's the thing. Yeah. What? Not to interrupt. Yeah, that's all good. I I think as someone 
I, I feel like I've always had an understanding of like my own version of ageism. Yeah. Um, because I have always been the youngest in any place that I've been. Like, I graduated when I was 16. I, my, I went to my first gay club when I was 16. I was around, all my friends were like probably five to 10 years older than me always. So I've always been mm-hmm. the youngest in, in that way. Um, but I've also, I also come to situations with, um, different life experiences mm-hmm. and, uh, in different ways where if I am going to be the youngest in the room, even if it's work. I know I have to work 10 times harder than a lot of people because I'm also black. I'm also gay. I'm also fat. I'm also all these things because I have to prove that I deserve to be here on top of people already doubting my 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 worth and my talent that I shouldn't even be here because I'm young. And then they're also taking advantage of the youngness because they're like, oh, well, Ryan will do it. Ryan, yeah, of course he'll do it. And if he doesn't do it, we'll find someone else who's giving the same, you know, well, bootleg version of what yeah, he's There's giving. always a version of that of like, if you finally know your worth, you know that there's a bit of that fear of, well, they could just then offer it to someone else at a lower rate. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't don't really feel that anymore, but I I do still feel the sense of, I think it it can be alarming for people if they are not alarming, but people can start feeling a certain way if if you are still young and experiencing a level of things like that people think, oh, you shouldn't be experiencing that right now. You're still in the trenches of your 20s and you're supposed to be going through all these that. things. There is a bit of And you're not supposed person. to be like passing me. There, and it's just like, that's not how this works. <laughs> that's just at, not how it works anymore. Yeah. Well, one, I did actually, when I met you, thought you were older. You have an older vibe. Everyone thinks I'm older. Yeah. And it's not just your personality, your look. Like you have a mature look to you. You I do. almost called you out of your name over this one. <laughs> you have you, a mature look. I, I just I thought look you were older. No. I think that for some reason, I thought you were older than you were. I look old. You're, you don't like, look, you don't have wrinkles or anything, Ryan. I know I don't. My skin's great. Maybe it's because, you know, you say, you know, and you, like, Ryan no, but says, it's when, true. You shave your, when you shave, you have a baby your face. Everyone, you... I mean, no, but this isn't shocking. Everyone has thought I was but older But that said, I, I think that a lot of the times, my, uh, there is a bit of, the, the ageism on the other side for young people does come with the, not of... Oh, you should be. Uh, you shouldn't be where y- you are. Because now I feel like this day and age, people get 14, keep it. There are fourteen-year-olds that are making more money than me these days, right? There, there are young people that are doing yeah. crazy stuff these days yeah. with entrepreneurship. I think it's more this idea that comes up, and I have to call myself out on it too, and call other people that I hear mm. being like, "There is a bit of it back in my day," or or well, like, yeah. "You need to it's, like it's, learn. It's, it's you need to grind it." The difference between like a four, watching a fourteen-year-old become a millionaire. The difference between that is. Also, like, if you're working with a colleague and that colleague is your peer and they are younger than you and y'all are, like, in in, te- in same tangible type of situations. If you're at a four, if it's a 14 year old content creator who's reviewing toys on YouTube, that's not something I'm interested in doing. Like I don't view them as a peer. But when you have someone who is like your peer, that's when it can get a little sticky. We we need to wrap. But all I'll say is about the, the what are we talking about next uh, segment? Can we just take this on, move it forward, or do we? We can. can. I mean, if you want, I'll tell you what I tried to do online to change my age and what actually happened. That's next. We've been talking about ageism and how it impacts all of us and our lives. And it was interesting because we were giving our perspectives on the topic and... When I turned uh, 30, I remember on Wikipedia, because I have a Wikipedia page, I actually got my uh, intern to try to change, or not even change my age, just take out the year. 
because in my 20s, I was really proud of like all the, I had all this press being like, at this age, she's already accomplished this or at this age. And then finally I turned 30, I go, whoa, wait a second. Now, like, you, I'm not going to be able to hide my age or track it, which I've never had a lot of sh- uh, a shame about. But isn't that still a good thing? Like at 30, you still accomplish. All I know, these but things. for some reason at that point, it was like, oh, this is when I start becoming like looked at differently. But then, did you write your own Wikipedia page? No, it got written and then I've tweaked it since. Oh, it got right. written I don't know. I've been around. I don't know. Like other people contributed to it, and then of course, no one's be- wrote me a Wikipedia page. All right. Well, then put it out there. Someone write. I don't want anyone to write me. As, a as long page. as you write a good one, don't. That's how I'm like yeah, saying. Yeah, don't like, put it out there. But. What what was interesting is I've never had issues saying my age. I've gotten a bit anxious about it when I talk to other women or even any gender, to be honest, like other people and hear their perspective. And sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, maybe you don't want it. Or like, yeah, I don't really tell my age or like including on air people. And then it makes me sometimes second guess, like maybe I shouldn't. But then I I'm like, I think that actually backfires point. now because people are. It's it's not 2005 anymore where social media didn't really exist and like people aren't forming their own opinions or kind of understand the inner workings of like even like Hollywood and and like this industry and all the things that kind of go into it. Like people have informed opinions regardless of if they're wrong or not, mm-hmm. right? And and so I think at this point people are wanting to see you fully and understand you fully if you are going to be that person in front and try to like, you know, be a personality of some sort or a journalist or whatever, be be at the top of your field. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you want to attract people to like be fan of yours, then they want to know who you are and like lying about stupid stuff like that from, yeah, of course. it's like just the, it's, it's, it's a deterrent. Or it's not even lying. It's just not saying it. Like a lot of people, you'd be surprised about a lot of people just wow, don't talk about like their age. You sound like a cheater. You sound like a cheater. I didn't tell you about it, so well, did that's I really lie? A lot lie? of people do, so they don't feel like they're uh, they're lying. But yes, I think we're finally at a time where uh, people are more open about it. But yeah, then I, you know, I'll talk to an agent. He'll be like, "Oh yeah, you know, there's a reason why opportunities, blah blah blah," and they'll use the excuse of age and also your background, right? Your ethnic background or your you know cultural background, like oh. Yeah, and we've talked about this behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what you're saying because you're not my... finishing any sentence. Oh, they'll be like, well, you're old and you're white. Not a lot of people want to hire people like you. I'm okay. Like, Damn. That, that, now, that's a, that, that's how you construct a sentence. Damn. I know all the, the, the English nerds were like, finally, Shira's finishing uh, a sentence. Yeah. To be no. clear, but then that, that, that was, listen. I mean, I've had those conversations with A.J. Gibson. About, oh, you know, yeah. the fact of, you know, being white at, at this time because it's so then, hard for you all. I feel like, you uh, can't get yeah, exactly. Anymore. If that's going to be like an issue, <laughs> I mean, I have to kind of deal with my own stuff. For me, I think I had more of a, a glass ceiling around, okay, if I'm not going to be going after the same jobs or like if I want to be building a career and legacy and like making enough money to have a family, like what does that mean in terms of what I'm doing and who I am? Yeah, because you can't eat emojis on, on, on TikTok Oh, anymore. those are good. Like sure was empty calories though. Let me tell you. Yeah. So how do you? I guess how do you? How do you move forward with the time? Well, there was a lot of personal uh, inner work that needed to happen. Are you still figuring it out? You feel always. Like? I think I, it's like you always need to figure out. I feel like I right now I feel really good, but life is just a journey. You know, sometimes like to be attached. I know this is <laughs> life's a journey. The cliche saying. Right now, I feel good because I feel like I've found a bit of a spot and a niche in what I'm doing. And I feel like I'm very purpose-driven in what I do. I don't feel as lost. That said, that's good. uh, Yeah, that's good. And I'll enjoy it for what it is right now. 
Producer Justin, your mic's on. Yeah, how old, how old are you? You're like around my age, right? You're even younger. I'm a little bit younger. Oh, I'm 33. Damn. Oh, damn. You're much I younger. Know. Oh. Shira is calling everyone old today. How do you feel yeah. about it? I mean, it, here's the thing. Like, I'm, my age is, it hasn't been my age that's held me back. It's been my, you know, drive. It's been Ooh. other things that have come into my life, other factors. So, you know, I can't really speak to that. Like, being a, you know, a white appearing guy, even though, you know, I have a Hispanic background, it, it That's why I was really so shocked when to... I found out just as a person <laughs> of color. I was like, now nah, look at that. Yeah, but, but all of that doesn't really play into me because it was more my lack of drive and my desire to find places in uh, uh, happiness in other aspects of my life that kind of held me back. Yeah, We all yeah. have stories, wow. whether it's something that... Uh, is obvious to us or not. There's there stories we tell ourselves about our worth and what we think we but deserve. Sometimes those stories can be, uh, I mean, our real, actual truths of like your life experience that you're experiencing. And sometimes I feel like the we have to be careful about the language that we use. Because even in that in that idea of like, yes, we tell each other, our, tell ourselves these stories, sometimes there has to be a balance on that, right? But I think there's a balance of like, this is actually uh, informing my life experience and that's the, there's truth in it, but then am I going to stay in that and just like be stuck there and let it inform my future? Don't unpack there, yeah. right? That's the yeah. thing. It's not a vacation spot. You're not supposed to rent that space. You know, move on past it. It's You're getting evicted. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 